3: Man, speaking of that Popeye's chicken sandwich, you heard a uh, dude out here, Merrily, got killed last night I outside of Popeye's. I, I refuse to believe that. He got killed outside of Popeye's. It wasn't for the sandwich. Oh, There's just no way. Well, I mean, the story goes, like, dude cut <laughs> dude cut the dude in line. They got into an argument. That joint spilled out into the parking lot. And
4: yeah. Okay, so that wasn't because of a a C. That's the thing, man. The way they reported this, it was like, oh, he'd sat, he had a sandwich in his hand and he stabbed him. It's like, Exactly. Well, sure, <laughs> that's fair. But but you see a long ass line and you skip somebody, they're going to want to fight, whether it's iPhone, iPad. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It don't matter. I mean, same thing with like when people was trying to
3: buy J's back in the day, starter jackets. I mean, whatever people feel is like a hot commodity and it's like popping in the streets. Yeah, I mean, no, he didn't get killed specifically over the sandwich, but he was killed while. He was either cutting a line or got cut while waiting for the
4: sandwich. Cause the thing, the thing with Jay's though, Tins is that <laughs> you you cop your joints. You think you're getting back on the bus, headed back to the crib, and not people so fast, pop my up friend. on you with the toast. <laughs> <laughs> run them joints, run
3: them joints. No sir, not me. <laughs> so my mom's never got me Jordans back in the day. Oh my goodness.
2: Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Black Opinions Matter. My name is Emil Hassan. That's Big Wild over there. We've got a special guest today, Justin Tinsley. Uh, and for once, it's not an ambush. Justin, we're going to ask you about some actual work that you
3: did. <laughs> and- <laughs> look, look, I. Look, I- where 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 Trey at, man? I feel I feel cornered right now. I got wise and I got a mean on me. This ain't going in well. I feel it. That's,
2: <laughs> hey, that's when you walk in the room and you look around and you say, "Hey, what? I thought y'all said
3: Trey was going to be." <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, where's Donald Wallace? <laughs> where, where's the boy Trey? <laughs> uh, nah, man. Always a pleasure to come out
2: here. We got a lot to get to today because last week's episode, uh, Rob, oh, you don't mind me telling yeah. the people. I could tell them right. Uh, Not good.
3: Drag me. So we
2: record, we recorded we recorded two hours of the content last week. Fire! Like we we went all over the game and we did we reviewed Dolomite. We talked about the legacy of Eddie Murphy. We did all sorts of things. And then Rob's computer crashed and we lost everything. <laughs> Rob lost. Oh loads. no! We lost everything. Everything. No. So- yeah, so this week we're gonna have a little bit of a two in one. We're gonna try and touch on some of the things we talked about last week. We'll also get into this week's topics. But first, really quick I wanna ask everybody if you probably seen it in the uh, social media of the the podcast account of several of us guys. We put out a survey. We're trying to make our show better. We're trying to make our live shows better. We'd love it if you guys all respond. We are giving away prizes. A bunch of $50 gift cards are going to be given out, including the grand prize is a trip, uh, flight and hotel and admission to a live show fully paid for by Count the Dings. So definitely go ahead fill that out. You don't have to be a Patreon to do it. Matter of fact, I might say I'd rather prefer that you're not a Patreon if you and you don't do it, so that we can get a clear idea kind of of all types of people who listen to our show. So please, 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 you'll find it on Count the Things, a social feed, you'll find it on Jade's, on Waz's, on Trade. everybody. We all kind of posted that stuff, so go ahead, check it out.
4: Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, man. Whether it's a knee injury, a back injury, or something even worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Can you even believe that? Something that important? Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for erectile dysfunction online. Roman is a one-stop shop where you can get where you can chat with a licensed US physician who can treat ED and, if safe and appropriate, ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward face to face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit getromancom BOM, complete an online visit, chat with a doctor, and if the doctor decides that it would be safe and appropriate, they'll shift the genuine medication right to your door in discreet, unmarked. Packaging, guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really simple. So take care of it, man. Seriously, your lady's gonna appreciate this, or your guy. You know, who knows? <laughs> for a free online visit, go to getroman.com/bom. That's getroman.com/bom for a free online visit. Getroman.com/bom.
2: I did want to start though, Justin, because you are here. And last week, uh, the passing of John Witherspoon, aka Pops, mm-hmm. one of the most beloved character actors of 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 all time. I mean, I think I can say that, right? Yeah. I don't know anyone who's ever watched him and said, "Ah, that dude's not funny," or ah, "I don't like that dude." He just has a way of, or had a way of making people making people laugh, man, by just. just being him and justice. So you wrote something on the undefeated about uh, the legacy of John Witherspoon.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, I I had to agree with you. I mean, I've never met anyone that watched like, you know, him on Friday or him on Boomerang or even you can go all the way back to the the short lived Richard Pryor show, Um, which 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 I implore people to do. If you have not seen it, go on YouTube and search Richard Pryor. First black president. John Witherspoon is in that. He doesn't have a huge role, but if you want to see one of the funniest sketches to ever come on t- television, that's not hyperbole. It truly is. Search that, and he was, he was definitely one of the, the branches of the, the Richard Pryor tree. You know, we talk a lot about the, the Greg Popovich tree or the Bill Belichick tree. Like, Richard Pryor has a lot of that in comedy as well, and one of those, like, most marquee branches is John Witherspoon, man. The dude... He he never he never took a role off at least that I remember you know like I remember him in Boomerang I remember him in House Party and of course you know the Wayans brothers and then you know uh, in in later years as Granddad Freeman like the dude was he you can make the argument that in a lot of ways he played the same role each time but but he was so great at playing that role that it just felt like something new every time you saw him on screen.
2: I, the funny thing for me is I don't remember him. Ever being young, right? Like, nah. I, I don't remember young John yeah. with a spoon, and I don't ever remember him playing a young role. And so, the earliest role I remember him is he was in uh, Hollywood Shuffle, yep. and he's worked Winky Dinky Dog. And yep. he was, he looked as old as he did the day he died, I guess. He looked that same kind of wrinkled face, the same Lionel Holland's face. Yep. And so, Uh, And played a a fatherly or, you know, older character talking down to Robert, the young Robert Townsend about how he's not serious enough about his job at Winky Dinky Dog. (laughs) And, and, And it's like every role he was always cast as an older person kind of looking down and talking down on younger people in a very funny way. So, Justin, in your research, did you ever find that, like, in the Richard Pryor show, did he ever play a young man in any
3: of these roles? Uh, No, because even the sketch that I'm telling you to look at, he played, like, one of the White House press crew members. So, I mean, of course, you're not going to be, like, super, super young in that. Yeah, he did look younger. It was 1977. But I'm like you, like, my first memory of him, I just always remember him being old the same way I always remember Morgan Freeman always being old. Like, I've never seen a picture of you. Have you ever seen Morgan Freeman's, like, high school graduation photo? I haven't. He has one? (laughs) I I mean,
4: I I would assume so. He was the principal of his high school graduation. (laughs) They had graduation pics on the Amistad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on, man. (laughs) you played on the same basketball team (laughs) as started a point (laughs) now now that you mention it like there's a point to be made there but no I, I think you know like black people of course we're not monolithic we're not all the same so like you there's been these debates over time like who's the best TV dad you know was it James Evans on good time Uncle Phil on Fresh Prince you know, Pops and on Wayne's Brothers or whatever the Cliff case Hux, may be. Cliff Huxley
2: is going to get a race like that?
3: Nah, man. It, yeah, he is in there. I mean, like, it, it's dead. the Cosby Show. Like, I I was always a bigger fan of a different world, more on the Cosby Show, but I understand the Cosby Show's place in history, even with Heath Clips, excuse me, Bill's uh, <laughs> transgressions that, that came out in later years. But one thing that I always appreciated about uh, Pops was that he... He felt like the one that you would meet, like when you go back home for Christmas, or the one that you would see for Thanksgiving. Like, obviously, like Uncle Phil was this regal like character. Like he right. he could tell he was like the leader of the household. And not to say Pops wasn't, but he felt like that, that really dominating black father figure. And he played the hell out of that role. I'm I'm not taking anything away from him. But Pops felt like, and I said it in the piece, Pops felt like that uncle that. You know, you downstairs watching the football game, and he was like, go on and take a sip out of that, but just don't tell your yeah. mama. You know what I mean? He, he always had a funny story. Like, like, I just remember, what was that episode of, of the Wayans Brothers? I posted it on YouTube, not on YouTube, on Twitter the other day, uh, when Sean and Marlon was trying to get out of going to the ice skating event at MSG. With the, I forgot who what the white dude's name was. But oh, Sean was man. like, yeah, we, we can't go. Cause uh our mama died and and Marlon went in on a joke and he really thought their mama died. Yeah. What? And, <laughs> and he has that classic gift where he's yeah. just like collapsing at the desk and then Pops just comes out of nowhere, and, you know, yittity. Like the man, <laughs> like like Cash Money Records made up bling bling, and we know what it means. We know what yittity I don't really know what yittity means, but I know what it means when he said it. You know, <laughs> so like he that that dude was just like I said in the piece man the first line of the piece he was black as hell and it was awesome
4: you know what's so dope about what you just said Um, I I mean I remember the first time I heard somebody you know they said oh certain people were mad because the the comedy on TV had become Jewish comedy which I didn't understand because I didn't know anything about Jewish people at the time Mm -hmm. but what I would say about Pops is that if somebody asks me what black comedy is that's him that's that oh yeah that's oh, yeah. the tenor, the tone, the situations in which we might say something slick like him. That's black comedy right there. And I think he just embodied that the um, spirit, all of it. Uh, and, and that was in every single role from Friday to the Waynes Brothers, which is where I got, you know, most familiar with him. Right. Um, and just, you know, pretty much everything that he's ever done. Um, It's, you know, it's a tremendous loss and everybody can draw from what he does. Right. Like, because cause it's so connected to all the comedy that we enjoy today. And that and that goes from you can go from Eddie to Chappelle. All of that stuff is connected to the type of stuff that he's been doing for decades now. So, you know, obviously I, the guy had a dope career and a big impact.
3: You, you you hit the nail on the head, too, man. It's, it's, it was those certain little nuances and phrases that what that even weren't supposed to be funny, but they were. Like I remember in yep. Friday, like when when Craig was in the kitchen and his dad, came, you know, Mister Jones, Willie Jones, came and it was like, "Why are you always in the kitchen when I'm in the kitchen?
4: Ain't nothing in this house." Shit.
0: Every time I come in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen. In the goddamn refrigerator, eating up all the food, all the chicken, all the pig feet. You ate my dinner, my mashed potatoes. That's a good old gravy I like, and them biscuits I can sop that gravy in. You ate all it up. You drink up all the milk, don't care what kind of milk it is. You don't care. 2%, 3%, buttermilk, patent milk. polar cow in a patent milk can. I bet you eat that, too. What's wrong with you? I'm hiding my grapes. You go eat a ball of my grapes. Man. Now, when I went to bed last night, didn't I tell you to take out the trash? Yeah. So why didn't you do it? I fell asleep. I wish you were sleeping right now. i will knock you upside your head with a left foot, make your ass wake up, and take out that damn trash. Hey, 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 hey. What are you doing? I'm throwing this away. We ain't even got no milk. You better eat that damn cereal? You ain't got no damn milk. I got I bet you. When I was coming up, we didn't have milk, cereal, a bowl to eat in. Spoon, fork, knife. No napkins or nothing. You do like this. What mock with your hand like that? You ever do that? No. Have you ever had government cheese? Hmm, Craig, government cheese, you had some? No. Thick, taking government cheese. Couldn't take a dump for two weeks. If you eat it on the 4th of July, by the 18th, everybody in the whole neighborhood trying to get to the bathrooms. I want to eat some of them chitlin. I love pig feet. The barbecue pig feet were gone. You got grease all over your damn mouth. You know, I had a sweet potato pie in there. You ate the whole pie. Left me that little old plastic thing there. You ain't got no damn milk. Ain't that a bitch? You're funny. <laughs> You're my boy. You remind me of my granddaddy. <laughs> you know what your problem is? You think money grows on trees. Just go ahead and pick you four or five hundred dollars and go off and just dance and eat chicken and dance and you just having all the fun in the world. <laughs> you know how many stinking dogs I, mean? dog. I got to catch to fill that big-ass bowl you got there, boy? Forty-five, fifty dogs. Stinking nasty dog and twelve of them little stinking things they call a chihuahua. You better put some water on that shit, boy. All right, I'll eat it. Hey, hey, hey! hey! Take the garbage out front, son. Like,
3: <laughs> like, on the surface, like if you read it on paper, like yeah. maybe it might not be that funny. But when you right. hear him say it and in that situation, because no. we know what that situation looks like, and they no, nailed it.
2: Don't don't nobody go in there for about thirty five, forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. <laughs> Somebody open a window, right? <laughs> it, it, you know, you say Yeti, but it, but there was so many lines. He's he, like his quotable ratio is higher than almost anyone I can think of in black cinema, bang,
0: bang, bang,
2: bang. (laughs) You got to coordinate. Like all those things were just things that he, he coined. And, and again, like you said, it's not that it was, it's not that the, the writing was so complex or high level. It's just that the delivery was, uh, was such that I don't think anyone else could deliver those lines like that.
3: Nah, man. And, I, I think we all have, like, a personal connection to him. You know what I mean? We, like, you know, Waz was just saying he remembers watching, like, the Wayans Brothers. And honestly, like, I think that's where my first real introduction came to him. Yeah. It came from. And then I, I went back and watched, like, Boomerang. And, you know, obviously I got, I got hip to the Richard Pryor show a little later and all that. But there's this personal connection. Like, I used to watch the Wayans Brothers with my uncle uh, all the time. Like, he when he was alive, I would come up to D.C., He's the one that put me on Martin, the Jeffersons, the Wayne's brothers. And I remember him specifically being a big fan of pops. And he was like, he would always say, man, that dude, he gets it. Like he understands how to play like a black father. He was like, man, that's the type of dad I want to be when I get older. So, you know, you have those like emotional connections with people because he was so relatable in a sense. I mean, I mean, you just said it like maybe the writing wasn't. As, I I don't even know what a proper example is to be just, just for like great writing, but the way he delivered it and the way he hammered it home, it it always it hits you in a different place, and that and that's why laughing with him, not at him, but laughing with him, like always felt so good because you knew it came from a very real place. For,
4: for me, one of my favorite things about him too, I mean, is that. um, Even when like like you guys mentioned on the page, it doesn't seem funny, but it's like even when he was uh, conveying something that was serious, you know, it was still funny. And not in a way that, oh, I'm laughing at this guy and I don't take him seriously. It's just that Mm -hmm. what he said is funny. Right. Like, I get it. He's serious. And, you know, he effectively conveyed that emotion, but still could get me to laugh, too. I just think, you know. He's a singular talent in that way, man.
3: Yeah, now it's a, it's a very rare talent, man. It's a very rare talent. Even like when he was telling Craig at the, at the end of Friday, like put down the gun and pick up your fist, which is of course a very real message. But five minutes later, he's over here saying, "That's my boy. That's my boy." Yeah. When like Craig knocked him out with the brick, so it's like he could he could cut it he could cut it on in very real emotions in different ways, like almost like at the drop of a hat or snap of a finger. And that's not easy to do. Uh,
2: given that we're all big fans of the Wayans Brothers show, uh, do either of y'all have an iconic episode with Pops in it? Oof. Man, uh, like this is the one that that you think of when you think of Pops. I like. I'll give you my my example is man the the. The the temptones. Oh man. I yeah. used to sing that song all the goddamn time. <laughs> What's the sound echo through the night? The sound I hear when I'm holding you tight.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's my
2: love going bang, bang. Bang, bang,
3: bang. <laughs> the, And the fact that they were called the temptones. Like yeah. that's even funny. <laughs> like
2: well, no. I, well, the funny thing is one of the one of the dudes that plays one of the other temptones screws up the line. As they're walking out and they're like, they're ruining our good name. Come on, Temptations. No, bro, you're the the (laughs) zones. He
3: did. I'm glad they left that in there. Yeah, they left Um, it in, man. Yeah. um, Yeah, I guess, I mean, there were so many, man. But yeah, the one I was explaining a little earlier, I didn't go back to it. But like when Marlon thought their mom died and he walked into the restaurant saying, I finally got rid of that smelly beast. And so he and Martin have, not Martin, Marlon have this conversation. Like back and forth, where.
0: Yip yes, Yip yes, Today's my lucky day. I finally got rid of that smelly beast that's been hanging around my house. He doesn't seem very sad. Oh, well, he's just trying to be strong for us, you know? Well, Pop, I guess we gotta handle the funeral arrangements. Hold me! I already took care of him, son. I wrapped that stinker in some butcher paper. <laughs> Dumpster red in the dumpster. How, how can you do something like that? Well, you know how was, she was smelling when she was alive. <laughs> you can imagine how she smells when she started decomposing. She was fucking up the whole house. Woo! <laughs> Don't you ever talk about my mother that way. <laughs> well, I ain't talking about your mama. Talk talking about that red that died under my porch. Oh. Did you just smack me? smack me upside my head <laughs> <laughs> like I'm some little rapper or something like that. I ain't talking about
2: your mama. He <laughs> slaps him a little too hard. Like, in real life, <laughs> he slapped him too hard because the look on his face. <laughs> when
3: he slapped. And then, you know, he started taking off the belt, like, your mama, why are you talking about <laughs> your mama? It? Talk talking about that rat under the porch. Did you just <laughs> smack me? You must think I'm some <laughs> little rapper or something like that. <laughs> that I, I guess that would be my episode.
2: Wow, what you got? I got nothing. Damn, not not even like, they dirty, like just when they're popping to your mind. Not when pops started being the younger girl, they start wearing the Tims and stuff. <laughs> <Not> when... <laughs> you but
4: know went, what's though? funny? Wayne's Brothers is one of those shows that I watched in real time and haven't seen since. Oh man! You know, um, MTV Two replays. Oh, oh, oh it's on MTV Two. Okay, see, I ain't got cable. I wouldn't even notice that, that uh, was on see. MTV Two. MTV Two do asshole. become. That's play. the problem with cord cutting. I mean, like all of these shows that in syndication on things like TV One and MTV Two, and I know Martin was his. Was it Martin in syndication on MTV as mm, well?
2: Martin's on syndication on every goddamn channel. Too. Yeah. So
4: you know what I'm saying? Like all these shows, when you ain't got cable, you can't really stream that, man. You well, can't well, stream it. Well, let me ask,
2: let me ask this. All right. So another iconic show was on that we haven't touched on was the, the boondocks. He played grandpa oh, the boondocks and, and, oh, uh, you know, having been like, I read the boondocks comic strip before it was a cartoon. It's so funny. Like you think to yourself, all right, what, what voices would these people have? And the moment I heard John Witherspoon voice pops uh, the voice, uh, granddad. It was like, Oh, perfect like you it was yeah. i can't imagine anyone else and now i'm kind of sick because they're gonna reboot it and who who could they have to do
4: that voice is gonna do it justice uh, yeah he was I, he was gonna be on the reboot but unfortunately obviously he passed away you know the, the thing that sucks
3: about that is like right but literally a day before he passed he uploaded a youtube video where he was talking talking about 2020 how excited he was they were working on like the Boondocks reboot, and they were going to do the last Friday. He was looking forward to it. So, like, I don't know what the actual cause of death was, but it was something very sudden. Maybe it was natural causes. I I don't know. But it it wasn't something I don't think he was, you know, saw coming, like, the next day. Now, granted, when you're 77, of course, like, you just – I talked to my grandmother about him today. It was like, yeah, you just never think. You when you get that age, you obviously prepare for it. But he was—I don't think he saw it coming that next day because—and that's what hurt so much. Because in a way, like if he was sick, you could be like, "Okay, I can kind of understand it." But then, but that's—I mean—that's the hard part about death. Is it's, it's kind of like an an un an unanswerable equation. I don't even know if that's a real word, but I just said it anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know who could play pops on there now, and I. I I feel for Aaron Magruder because I'm sure he's going through it because what Amin just said is I can't picture anyone else playing the voice of Pops and I can't imagine Pops not being on that show. He was, he was in every episode, so many classic episodes and just as the completely self-absorbed granddad, he was the, perfect voice for that sure. character, and I just can't picture anyone else playing that role.
2: Whenever he sings song, anything,
3: man. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, what was that episode where he went into the Apple store, <laughs> and all he wanted was Siri, but they kept trying to sell him like an iPad, an iPhone, yeah. and a computer. He was like, nah, I don't want that. I want the, I want the woman or something like that. But <laughs> man, I,
2: was- my, my favorite, my favorite guy, you know, when, again, when he started dating the younger woman...
3: Oh man! Yeah, <laughs> nah, is that the one with a pimp named Slickback? I think so. Yeah, that, that was from the first season. That was that was awesome. When when he was beefing with uh, Gangsta Delicious. Oh man! <laughs>
2: <laughs> when he when when he lost the fight to old old Stick <laughs> no. Yo, he was he was hey, man, awesome. You bro. Had got your ass beat by a blind man.
3: <laughs> man, what was the dr- when um when Stewie. And that's true. I keep thinking, God, I'm getting yeah. my shows mixed up. Riley, Huey, yeah. Riley, 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 and Huey. But Riley, um, he said something that like pissed off the gay community. Then he said something that pissed off like the mentally disabled community. He just kept pissing people off, and he Granddad kept getting pissed because he was like, "How I'm gonna pay for all this?" Because the bills <laughs> was piling up, and there wasn't. <laughs> CeeLo was on that jo- He was like Reverend Lovejoy? He was.
2: He was. He was, uh, he was like a Jesse Jackson type of. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because they went to they went to be on the news, and then there was the Ann Coulter character, and it turns out that they're friends. And
3: like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that was a, that was a great show, man. But I just I was I'm I'm still really looking forward to the Boondocks coming back. But this, I mean, this is a true gut punch, man. Because how do you have the Boondocks without Granddad?
2: I, I, it's tough, I can't imagine it yeah. I can't manage it all We're gonna bail your sorry butt out Once again let lighten up the move. We move from one comedy legend leaving us to one comedy legend being honored by another comedy, by a third comedy legend. Uh So Eddie Murphy, last week we did a whole review on this, so we're going to try and do it again. But as always, the, the, the second time is never as good as the first time. <laughs> <I've> seen, like, <laughs> we're going to try anyway. <laughs> Don't my, Dolomite is my name. The Netflix movie starting. Eddie Murphy, Mike Epps, Keegan-Michael Key.
3: Um... I'm missing somebody. He said Snipes,
2: Wesley right? Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Oh, man. Wesley, how could I forget? Wesley Snipes. Cameos from Snoop, from T.I., from uh, Lunel. Uh, uh, basically, a, a, a pretty star-studded cast. And um, uh, well, I'll start where I started last week, which was I did not know a lot about Dolomite, like about Rudy Ray Moore. I thought it was just a silly kind of black exploitation movie, kind of like the rest of them. And I was not aware of Rudy Ray Moore's like comedy background or, you know, how much he had to hustle to get that movie done. And I'm wondering, Justin, did you know about anything about that before watching that movie?
3: Um, I knew, I knew a little bit about Rudy Ray Moore beforehand. Cause, uh, my uncle, the one I just mentioned, he, he really liked the black exploitation movies back in the day. So he obviously mm. liked Dolomite and all that. So I was familiar with the character and I was familiar with Rudy Ray Moore, but I, like you, I was not aware of basically how much he had to hustle to get his own product out. I didn't know all that. I just right. knew about the movie and just figured like, ah, oh, well, you know, black exploitation was big back in the day. So he just struck while the iron was hot and there it is. But yeah. So the movie, the movie taught me a lot about him.
2: Yeah. and was, you know, we talked about it last yeah. week, just, just the idea, the concept of this dude was ahead of his time. When you think about the concept of, I want to make a movie. Where I, 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 starting with his standup. I want to make the standup. I want to put it out. I'm going to basically use my own means of production and own the rights to my stuff and, and then took his self, somewhat successful stand-up career and used it as collateral for a loan to make this movie without any any guarantee that it, it would be a success.
4: Yeah. yeah, and like I said last week, honestly, uh, I I had been listening to at the time the brand new Juan Up, which is basically like a it's like a mini doc about Jay Z and Rockefeller's come up. And what the movie reminded me of was, you know, guys like Master P, guys like, you know, Baby and Slim, guys like Damon and Hove come from a lineage of guys like Rudy Ray Moore, right? Um, you know, somebody introduced Jay-Z to Dame Dash to make to make him manage him. Um, they, 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 uh, they knew Biggs and they knew he had money and they needed an investor. They pitched him on their music and got him to invest. And, you know, you had to do all of this stuff within your own community because they went to all the major labels, all the corporations that had all the capital, and they told them to go fuck themselves. And so, you know, after that, they became successful on their own and they could, you know— use their previous success as leverage for other deals. And this story kind of echoes all of that. Right. And this guy was doing that in the seventies. So I thought that was cool. Um, I also, you know, what I thought was cool. Tinsley is that Netflix, man, put all this capital behind a black story with all these black actors. And, you know, they, 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 they paid a lot of money, man. Like these people didn't come cheap. The production value was there. Um, All that money into telling a super black story I just thought was fantastic. Not to pat Netflix on the back or anything. It's just very rare that we get our stories told Um, in this fashion, right? Like even, yo, even when you get something like, I don't know, like a 12 years a slave or something. Right. Which is, you know, obviously a black story, a black director, but it's like, you know, you know what that is. That's like a small story, you know, harping on a big theme. Whereas this is a big ass story, you know, harping on a big theme. Like this is big. Everything is big. So I just thought that was fire. No, I, I thought it. I thought it was
3: too, and I, just, I, I feel certain type of ways about slave movies, you know. And not saying that they aren't good, and not saying that they aren't necessary, but sometimes I feel like Hollywood relies on that too much. Like that's not our only story, bro. Like you know, what I mean, Black history did not start with that. So when I saw this, I, I was I was pleased with it too. Now I. I could it have been maybe about like twenty minutes shorter? Maybe, but that you know that's getting into the weeds and that's nitpicking. Yeah. But I, I, I really appreciated seeing that story come to life for all the reasons you just said. And and the entire time while I'm watching it, I'm thinking masterpiece. I'm thinking Rockefeller. I'm thinking like you can see the hip hop ties to it, and it made sense why somebody like Snoop was in you know started the movie off. He was in there because if you go, especially if you go back to Snoop's earliest work in his videos, oh, you can man. see. The you, you can look at the I'm looking at the doggy style cover right now, you can see how that's black exploitation yeah. inspired. You know, so it it was dope to see hip-hop in a sense, obviously with TI and Snoop and other elements as well. It was dope to see hip hop pay tribute to a hustler. I mean, hip-hop prides itself on this hustler mentality and you know, what I mean, coming up from you know, the crack crack pavement, out the mud, whatever the kids are saying nowadays, like, but Rudy Ray Moore did that. He bet on himself. When nobody else would bet on him, and he won big, and he changed the culture in a lot of ways, man, it like, it was dope to see that story be told because out of all the stories that have ever been told in Hollywood from the black perspective, like, it's it's dope to see something different every, you know, what I mean, every now and then, and it, it, the crazy thing is, there's so many more stories like that out there.
2: Well, I think that that's that's the wild thing is that it's a story that hasn't been told. Right, that I did not know. I know I watched Dolomite like in college mm-hmm. a million times. I knew about it, but I never knew about all the stuff behind it. Like, mine, right. yeah. like the idea of him pitching the movie. First of all, them going to the, the movie theater to watch Front Page and sitting there saying like this ain't funny, and then going when he's pitching the movie to to the producer, the guy who produced Foxy Brown and all these other black exploitation movies. How the guy was kind of trying to explain how. You know, they wanted to move to more sophisticated films, and and uh, and Rudy Ray Moore is like, that's not what people want. He said, uh, you know, I, everywhere I everywhere I go, people have been telling me they want to see this movie, they want to hear this type, see this type of movie, and then the guy says, yeah, that's just in the five blocks around you, right? And he says, well, there's five blocks like this in every city in America, and yep, a lot of that stuff I thought harken not hard, excuse me, calls forward to the idea of where we are in entertainment now where, where niche is in, right? The idea is that I, mm-hmm. I, if I have a, a solid following, it may not be huge, it may not have mass appeal, but it may there's enough critical mass out there where I can be successful commercially doing something plain to this crowd, which isn't, I mean, what I said last week, Is it's not unlike what we're doing with this podcast and this podcast company. We, we appeal We don't have millions of downloads. We have just a few people in every city in our guys' different countries, but y'all rock with us, and we really appreciate it. So that that was the stuff that really kind of resonated with me. The other thing was um, I wanted to say was, oh, I'm going to ask you a question. I I asked this trivia question last week to everybody else, but, Justin, this one's for you. Doloma Is My Name is Eddie Murphy's first R-rated movie since blank.
3: First R rated movie since
2: Boomerang. Yes. No, he's had one after Boomerang. All right, hold
3: on. it's kind of wild. One, Vampire and Brooklyn it, One rated R, was it?
2: Uh, I don't remember. I can look that up, but that's not the answer.
3: So what's the answer? Yeah, I I don't want to keep guessing, but
2: it's it's
4: it's life. He favorite read- movie, Tinsley. Yeah. I didn't know that was rated.
3: R. <laughs> I guess it is rated R. Now that I look back on it. Uh, wow, okay. So
2: it's kind of wild that this dude who's first, not counting the stand-ups, but like, coming, uh, coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Trading Places, and... Um, Harlem Nights. And Harlem Nights. Those were all like... Oh, and then Boomerang. I'm up all those. That's five movies he made that were all rated R. And then... Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you could sprinkle in what's it called uh, Golden Child was in there which was PG uh, Vampire Brooklyn was rated R by the way um, okay. so and then basically at 1999 he just stopped making rated R movies and I gotta ask is that part of why I'm not so good <laughs> right 100. Like, is Eddie Murphy a guy that you can't consume on a clean level
4: <laughs> I, I I no I, I mean I think clean movies tend to not be as good. Yeah. The, like two adults you know what i'm saying i think the reason why you do a clean movie is because you can attract a mass audience the kids can go they you know they don't gotta they don't gotta make their parents take them to the movies they can go on their own like and then the the people who are adults and want to see kid type content can go on their own too it's just a straight up economic question why they do this pg13 stuff um in the first place but i just think those movies those themes tend to be just cornier and we're less attractive. Yeah. To
2: them. yeah, I mean, but then again, you look at look. There are a lot of big blockbuster actors, and this is what Eddie Murphy once was. He was a big blockbuster actor mm-hmm. who make movies that aren't rated R. Yeah, Will Smith, I guess he's a bad example nowadays. But like, he had a strong, like his strongest run of movies were all mostly PG and PG thirteen. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what other comedy are guys we, are at the will ferrell
3: what are um, will smith's rated r will movies? ferrell stay in an r-rated though man <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i, I don't want to see will ferrell no pg comedy dog but he's
2: been, <laughs> he's been in pg comedies that have done really well you know um i let me what are will smith's rated r movies bad boys is rated okay. r okay and, yeah. and then um
3: was bad boys too rated r Hey, all the Bad
2: Boys movies are. are oh, by
4: the go. way, Bad Boys Five or whatever number we're up to now is gonna it's be definitely. a bad movie, but I'm still gonna go see it.
3: Yeah, oh, I'm. Right. Absolutely. This is going to be go fun. It. Yeah, I'm coming. absolutely gonna go see
4: it. Just like Coming to America too, like uh,
3: right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like fine, all right, screw it. Take my money. Here I go. Whatever.
2: By the absolutely. way, uh, one of, one of my favorite parts about Dolomite was. Wesley Snipes character, uh, the fact that he's an alcoholic, <laughs> the <laughs> fact that when when they get sprayed by the puddle, he yells out, I'm brown sugar, I melt. <laughs> uh, and the fact that when they wrapped up the shoot, he looks back and he says, I'll see you guys at the premiere, walks out and walks back in and says, who am I joking? <laughs> there will be no premiere. <laughs> and then he just walks out with the with the intestines.
3: Still yeah, I out. He, his character was good. He played, he played the hell out of his character. I enjoyed him. I also, and, uh, and forgive me, you know, I can't remember her name, but the leading lady in the movie, like, I thought she was really good as well. Yeah, um, her
2: name is, I got it right here. Hold on. Her name is, oh shit. The internet know, never
3: was She, she cold cocked yeah. that dude in yeah. the club.
2: Oh by the way, I forgot. Craig Robinson is in this movie as well. Divine yeah. Joy Randolph is is yeah, the she, name of the lady.
3: She did a really good job in that movie. I, cool. I, yeah, she did a really good job. Um, they all did, man.
2: They are like they, they all. I mean, to the point where like even someone like Keegan Michael Key, who I'm not always fond of his not work, not too keen on. <laughs> yeah, not always. But like I thought he did a great job, man. Like I thought everyone really did a, a a cool job, and I just you know one of the things that. I'm waiting to hear more about is for those actors just to talk about the idea that you get to um uh they get to, to be a part of something with Eddie Murphy because it's one of those things where uh, you know, the guy's a legend. The guy's yeah. are an absolute legend and and you don't, you know, it's let, let not every day you course. get to work with him.
4: Support for Black Opinions Matter comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Rob, you won't believe this, man, but like back when I was first, you know, this is first going through puberty, first starting to grow things in that region, um, believe it or not, I used to use actual scissors. Scissors, like the sharp kind that seamstresses use because my mom had a like a crazy sewing skit. So I used to use those really sharp scissors. Um, And even though I was being very careful, I came, man, closer than you would even think to catastrophic results, Rob. And so that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology. So this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts, bro. Which is huge, because who wants bloody balls? Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you do your balls. That's just disgusting. Manscaped is also the crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant that I happen to use today, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put deodorants on the smelliest part of your body. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BOM at manscaped.com at checkout. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code BOM bomb at manscaped.com at checkout. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BOM bomb at checkout.
3: So obviously... Dolomite is my name is out. And this sets the stage for he's returning to Saturday Night Live for the first time since, I think, 1984. So 35 years in December. And then he's got his new stand up coming out. What did this movie do for y'all in terms of anticipation for those two events?
4: Um, I, I view those things as unrelated. Honestly, not that they're not un, like unrelated in that. Like he's becoming more public. He's do you know he's showing his face more in, in anticipation of those things. But I just think Eddie Murphy and stand up. is like I'm gonna watch that no matter how this movie would have turned out. Which I happen okay. to already like the movie. Mm-hmm. I have to watch a Eddie Murphy stand up. Right, it's, it's appointment television. There's, there's no two ways about it. So I don't think anything could have raised my level of anticipation for that. Um, period. You know what I'm saying? Saturday night live is not my bag. Frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the comedy is too white for lack of a better term for me. Um, but, uh, the standup is going to, that's going to be consumed. And I anticipate I'm going to watch it over and over again. Same thing I've done with the Chappelle joint. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, me. You know, I, I would say
2: like, look, if you told me Eddie Murphy was going to stand up and he just dropped it at midnight and didn't tell nobody, I'm watching it. Right. Like, I, I'm just, that's now I'm glad that he did this. And I'm like, okay, like she's definitely, it's not like Will Smith, for the last 800 things you drop. Like, it makes you go, oh,
4: oh, oh, oh," you know. (laughs) Like, come on, Will, work with
2: Yeah, like, I want, I want you to succeed, but you're not helping me out here. So, Mm -hmm. like, this definitely makes it easier for me, like, yeah, Eddie Murphy's back, that I like, say it a little louder, as opposed to watching this stand-up, not telling anybody about it, and then waiting to see whether I like it or not. Um, I just hope, I don't know, man. I hope that the current climate doesn't neuter his, his comedy style. Um, And at the same time, I I want them to be successful. Like I don't want to be selfish and be like, "Yo, I want Raw Eddie Murphy to be out there." And I watched Raw again the other night, and I was like, "Man, this shit was so funny, man!" Like the idea that it can't get made now is is just kind of a little disappointing, really, Um, because it's comedy. And I'm—I know I'm not. My standards are a little looser than a lot of other people, but like my thing—if it's funny, that's—if it's funny, then we good. And then everything else is kind of uh, up to your discretion. If you don't want to listen to that, if you don't want to watch that, you can leave. And I, I was actually listening to uh, Jamel Hill's podcast, and she was – um she had uh, Roy, jo- Roy Wood. Excuse me, Roy Jones. She had Roy Wood. And Roy Wood was explaining, like, the economics of comedy. It's like if someone doesn't like your stuff and they walk out, cool. But if enough people walk out and complain to the club, then it's harder for you to get booked. And so it's not it's not necessarily about uh, a moral standard or code, so much as capitalism. If enough people are willing to impact your finances for this, then maybe you need to adjust. And I was I thought to myself, that that makes more sense from a business standpoint why it happens. But me myself, I don't want to be robbed of those comedic experiences. And and so like when I think of Eddie Murphy one of the greats, I don't want to be robbed of what would be a great comedic experience. Now, to be to be fair, I watched him accept that Mark Twain Award and he he I don't know if y'all watched that. He is yeah, yeah. fucking ama- he was amazing. And he did he Bill Cosby. He did a Bill Cosby bit and everyone's like getting all nervous and stuff and He's got it, and he he knocked it out the park, so.
3: But that still doesn't diminish how how wonderful this is. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be included with some of my my heroes, Richard Pryor, and George Carlin, and Carl Reiner, and uh, Lily
0: Tomlin.
3: Who else got this?
0: Bill, oh, Bill Bill has one of these. (laughs) Did y'all make Bill give his back?
3: No, because I know there was a big outcry from people. They was trying to get Billy to give his trophies back. You know you f-ed up when they want you to give your trophies back. He give his trophy back, too? He should do one show where he just come out and just talk crazy now.
0: I would like to talk to some of the people who fail. that I should give back my trophies. (laughs) Just because you may have heard recently that I allegedly put the pill into people's chocolate.
2: I'm excited. I'm excited for anything he puts out.
0: I'm I'm
3: with y'all, I man. I'm like why I said I've never been the biggest Saturday Night Live fan, but every now and then they'll get they'll do a skit that draws me in. I don't know if y'all guys saw like the news segment the other week where they were trying to, you know, count the number of instances instances between whether the story was about a white person or a black person and it went like a best of seven game series and that that was pretty funny. So I agree I I'm I don't sit down and watch it every Saturday, but I, I will watch certain bits when they come on so i will watch you know whatever bits eddie is going to be in because obviously one eddie is one of the marquee reasons and premier reasons why that show is as iconic in pop it. culture yeah, yeah
2: he, he saved he, it it was yeah. on it's going to get canceled and he saved
3: it i mean he he was the magic johnson and larry bird for saturday night live when yes they were to the nba in the 80s so, i mean it, yes. i don't think and
2: then that's michael not and track. michael jordan
3: <laughs> exactly so yeah exactly so I'm I'm gonna watch that. But like y'all said, man, I was gonna watch this stand up regardless. But the fact that Dolomite is my name was really good. It, it it makes me feel even better going into it. But I don't I don't think a lot of people truly obviously I know y'all do and people who's listening, but a lot of people don't truly understand what how big of a cultural moment when you say Eddie Murphy stand-up is, like that's like waiting for a Tyson fight in the 80s. Yeah, you know what I mean like everybody's going to be somewhere to watch that because you want to see like man does he still have it and like you said I mean that Mark Twain acceptance speech he knocked that out of the park and I'll be perfectly honest with you I can't wait to hear how he roasts Bill Cosby in this because if you know Bill Cosby's history he has never been a huge fan of how Bill Cosby treated him especially when he was coming up so I I, I ain't want to always kick a horse when he's down but damn it but have, so when have your way.
2: When it's when, when it's Ronaldo about to do the kicking, you're like, "All right, I'm watching this."
3: <laughs> all right, cool. Like, let's do it. There's, like, I mean,
2: there's there's some form that's about to happen here.
3: Oh yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I'm it. The movie being good makes me. I was gonna watch it anyway, but like, I I can't remember which one you all said it. But now it just it gives me more of a peace of mind going into the stand-up because it's not like, oh well. This guy's rusty. He needs to work himself out. Some people are just naturally good. And I think that dude is like naturally funny. He has so much material to draw on nowadays. I think a lot of people are scared because of the way uh, the guidelines in comedy are now, as you alluded to, Amin. But I'm like you, man. My 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 threshold in comedy is is pretty high. You know what I mean? So I, I don't I don't want the essence of Eddie Murphy to be stripped away from him because of this but also eddie murphy is a different dude he he's not going to he's not he's not going to do raw and delirious now because he's not that same person going through the same things or whatever was going on in his life that like that's like people wanting jay-z to drop reasonable doubt too right now he can't do that you know what i mean his, his mind he's not there at that point in time of his life but i think now is an almost 60 year old man who's he's a comedy icon with all this stuff going on in the world like He's had a lot of tragedy happen in his life. You know, his brother died a couple of years ago. I'm sure that'll somehow work itself into into his routine. So I just can't, I can't wait to hear the topics that he that he addresses yeah. in this.
2: Not, not to mention just the idea that while he was gone, his brother became, in his own, own right, his own star, comedy star. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would love to hear what Eddie Murphy thought about all that. And, like, and as he's experiencing watching Chappelle's show and seeing his brother become like this this person that people love for himself, not because he's Eddie Murphy's brother. Right. Uh, that must've been a really cool experience for him to have.
4: Hey, so hey, Justin, I know, yo, I know you about to just got me thinking about a whole of the evils part two, but instead he's talking about his relationship with Roger Goodell. Oh, all
3: right. Oh, <laughs> look. look. At
4: some point he's gonna talk about that. <laughs> <it. laughs> At <laughs> well, some point he's gonna talk
1: about that. Amin's like
2: fuck that. Song. Because, <laughs> because yeah, no, yeah. Because what he'd do is he'd be talking about how Roger does all awesome and the, the evil, right. or these black people who don't right. want us to have these things. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, sorry, huh? I interrupted you, Amin. Justin, I know you're about to leave, and, and Trey joins us right now. Um, this was another topic from last week, but it's still growing because. Pastor Red Hat is still out here um, preaching his gospel. Um, yeah. Kanye gospel album, all the buffoonery that's happening on 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 Big Boy's uh, radio show and all that stuff. Y'all could take it away. I, I, I myself, I'm disgusted by this guy, and I don't I don't feel any sort of.
4: I want to ask Tinsley first because I know where he's from. I know he has actually has a relationship to the black church. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much cap is this Kanye Jesus turn? in your opinion?
3: Oh, man. So much cap. Fifty nine fifty need to invest in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Yo, like, you're bro. a sicko.
4: You're a sicko for that.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, could like,
4: you expound upon that, though,
3: Justin? I mean, me personally, I just... And this is coming from somebody who at one point in time in my life really, really caped for Kanye West. But in 2019, I just do not care what he has to say, dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, if you if you hit that point in your time in your life where you find like religion and you want to commit yourself to that, that is fine. I'm not knocking that at all. But like the dude is such a hypocrite. Which, I guess, if you go back through the history— He's always of the, been a hypocrite. He's always been a hypocrite, and a lot of people in church are hypocrites as well. So, I, I mean, I guess it falls in line in some regard, but I just don't care what he has to say. One, because—strip all that away from it. I haven't really given a damn about Kanye musically since about, like, 2012. Like, Jesus did nothing for me. Life of Pablo has has some hits on there. What was the last one? Yay. Like that had yeah, no I replay agree. value whatsoever, yeah. and this one has no replay value whatsoever. Like the mu- if the music was good, then all right, cool, I I do that. But like no, I'm just not paying attention to the music, and and then him and all these interviews talking out the side of his mouth. Like I I get it comes with some like mental health awareness and all that, but I'm just not I'm just not feeling it. I have no desire to go back and listen to that Kanye album. I know it's number one in the country, which I fully expected it to be. But like I, I I just don't give a damn about Kanye right now, to be honest. Which I hope he's, I hope he's okay. I hope he gets his help. I'm not wishing any ill will on him. But I, I don't. No, that dude. That's not the Louis Vuitton don. Not the one I remember.
4: Yeah. Um. I. You know what I think is funny too is that the mainstream conversation about the album is that a lot of you know non Black people don't understand. They don't understand you know, how central the institution of the black church is amongst yeah. black people. Mm-hmm. And so they don't, uh, they don't understand why somebody like me would see this as a, the the Trump thing leading to this being a direct correlation. Like the backlash that he received from black people specifically, you know, the type of backlash that he received. And then he turns around and he goes, wait, 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 Jesus. Cause you know Justin as well as anybody, bro. Like, yep. black people love him, Jesus, bro.
3: No,
1: like, yeah, you say like, Jesus, more, like, more than
4: anything else. I feel like hey, was, It's like nobody has a better.
1: And I was gonna say this is considered the control system. Yeah, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Cause like now, you know, you 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 got people to overconsume, and then now where you need to control people in the old terms is religion. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? So now. You've, it's like no way they could turn on him because this is the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, in order to, to in, in a slavery day, in the slavery days, just in order to tame a nigga, it's basically give him God.
4: It's
3: nothing more <laughs> personal <laughs> than religion. It's Yo, nothing and, more personal and the thing
4: than thing religion. Is, and the thing is, the, it has a double effect of like, you, you know, Kanye is basically daring you to call his album about Jesus whack. Right. Like that's the, that's the other part of it. He's using the religious stuff as a shield against any criticism whatsoever. Mind you, um, you know, I've spent enough time around the Bible and Jesus's teachings and all of that. I ain't never heard Kanye say a single thing about service, a single thing about sacrifice, a, like a single thing about being meek and pious and all of that. Like I've never in my in the history of Kanye. Heard him say any of that. And those are the themes of, you know, what they tell you the teachings of Jesus are. So it's all nonsense, bro. It's all just another marketing ploy. And if anything, Kanye has always been genius at marketing himself and his products. Oh, yeah. He's always been incredible at that. The Wyoming retreat thing was incredible. The rosewood suits was incredible. Um. Uh the, the the Friday the Friday joints was incredible. Like oh yeah going head to head with 50, 50 like, that was, was incredible. incredible. Um he's yeah. always been so dope at marketing himself and marketing the things that he's trying to sell to us. Um this is another like this is genius Mark, you know. Yo, people who I love and respect, man. Um, I heard say out of their mouth, now nah, I'm back fucking with Kanye. I'm like you're like, in? all he had to do was pop up at a couple of church services, you know, talk, call his album Jesus is King. I was telling um, Trey and Amin last week, Justin, I was like, imagine me converting to Islam in my first album being called Allahu Akbar You will be like, yo, Waz, that's a little on the nose, my boy, like... Maybe like, just take it down or not. You know what I mean? Maybe like is that the name of the song or the album?
3: Like you're in the album?
4: <laughs> really? <laughs> Damn. Like, That's how it feels like with the Kanye stuff. And he's showing up at church. Like the, the the rollout being like, yo, I'm literally showing up to churches on Sunday. It's like, yo, this is so ham-fisted and ham-handed. It's just, whoo Lord, what a yeah. hack.
3: I wasn't even like everybody. I ain't gonna say everybody, but so many people were going crazy over those like Sunday service videos, and I would watch them, and I was like, Nah, hey, 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 like, hold on, what? This is reinventing music right here. Yeah, like, this is church. This is yeah. like—I mean, it's church with like a hip hop spin to it. But yeah,
4: like, yeah, we know Kanye's nice at the MPC, right? Know, <laughs> I don't, and we but, know these but that, gospel but that's songs.
1: That's something that's been going on in black churches for so long, no? It's not like nothing right. new. Yeah, yeah it's like I, I didn't see I didn't see it as this earth-shattering
3: innovation. That I, I just, but I knew something was up with this album, man. I got a I got a text from one of my one of my buddies the other week, this white dude, man. Really, really solid guy, man. Went to Georgetown with him, one of my best friends. And he was like, you know how I know this Kanye album is whack? He was like, I logged on Facebook. And I, for she said, for whatever reason, I'm still friends with like people I went to high school with. And he's <laughs> like, these are the whitest of the white people. I mean, he was <laughs> like, these are Pete. These are Pete Call Cassidy white people. <laughs> and he was like, they're over here too. like, oh. Kanye West, Jesus is King, album of the year. This album is gonna reinvent <laughs> music. Like, it's it's so great to see Kanye take this conservative and religious approach. He really cares about this country. And it was so he sent me like five screenshots of this. It's so coded. And, and you know what he was trying to say. I was like, okay. All right, Kanye. Did y'all, did y'all see? You got the, a new crowd.
2: Did y'all see Dio Hughley talk about this? Oh, about yeah, was it- he was preaching. Yeah, but he, like he hit on the head. Kanye falls in the same class of black people who exist to make white people who don't like black people feel com- comfortable. That's that's, that's what that's what he is. He he exists so that prejudiced white people can say, "I'm not prejudiced. I like Kanye." Right. Oh, I gee, would.
3: And, I would have voted for Obama a third time. You're <laughs> like no, 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 no
2: I, not even not <laughs> even those types.
3: Nah, not not
2: even, even. I'm talking about. I would have. I would have voted for. Uh, what's my man with the Godfather pizza?
3: A Cain? Yeah, I'm talking <laughs> about those types. Nine, 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 ben, whatever. <laughs> ben Carson,
2: as you see. Like, how can he be racist? He's got Ben Carson in his administration. Right. So that's the type of white people that Kanye appeals to. And, and to me, it's like all the stuff he's done over the last few years, all really in the name of just attention grabbing. To me, uh, it, it is symbolic of the idea that... Um, they just use him as a puppet for that mm-hmm. because he does that and he doesn't care where his attention comes from as long as he gets it. And that's the part that's, that's really disgusting to me. And so when he does those things, he offends me as a black person. He offends many black people Yeah, that many there are a lot of people in this country who, who may not even share those types of politics or whatever, but they're not offended enough by that rhetoric to say I'm never listening to him again. Right? Like, there are a bunch of people like, oh, that's messed up. Ooh, a new one drop? Those people exist, right? Then they're the people mm. that he makes feel comfortable were Truly, truly off the. I mean, off
1: he's the... just setting it up to start a church or run for president. Yeah, he's... Oh, he's definitely hope, starting I hope, it. I hope, I hope he, he runs. does
2: that. I hope he runs.
3: I hope he he's, runs. Oh, he's
4: going to. How oh, I, hope he he he's oh, I hope he does. But he's definitely starting a church slash cult slash weird shit. You know, he's telling the people in his choir that they shouldn't have sex before... They perform unless they're married and shit. Yeah. Like
1: he's—I like, didn't know. I didn't know his mother-in-law owned the church that she didn't attend, where she's getting bread <laughs> from. Oh, Listen, Chris, it's center, a whole—it's <laughs> a whole finesse going on. Oh yeah, no, this they...
2: But I—I guess, I, I guess I'm most disappointed in. I guess "quote unquote" religious black folk who are, who are eating this shit up. That's that's what I'm most disappointed in. Like y'all, y'all don't see this, this is such an obvious finesse. I you know you're the people who go to church to the mega church and donate money to a dude who showed up in a Bentley. You, you <laughs> donate you donate to just gemstone and, and Eli gemstone. Y'all are the t- like, How can y'all not see a finesse
4: happening right before your eyes? Well, the, see, but the difference is, I mean, a lot of people will tell you that they they like to tie that Creflo Dallas church because they actually respect the hustle and the finesse. Like, <laughs> like they're on board. They're actually on board with it. Like, yo, I fuck with how smooth you're doing this. It's like I, I, I peeped the game and I salute it, and I want to support it. But you know what I will say before I, you know, I, I gotta bounce. I think people are confused about why Kanye has been acting this way. Honestly, man, I think it's just as soon as this shit wasn't hot anymore, um, he just basically started going crazy. And by hot, I mean he wasn't dropping number ones. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically when he started acting out. He was just like, yo, I dropped this, and it didn't go number one. If you remember a while ago, that was his big complaint. When he did the—I think it was the Yeezus tour with Kendrick, and they mm-hmm. had to cancel it um, because they wasn't selling tickets and all of that. Like, this is when all of this stuff really started to happen, and I happen to have it on good authority that he, he called the people at Title because he wanted to do a title exclusive because he knows they don't release numbers. And, you know, mm. he's so vain and he's so like he, this is this is the only shit that he cares about. That's why he does. That's why he doesn't like Drake, because Drake basically took his spot. Like these are the things that drive him crazy. If he's not that dude, a number one, he doesn't feel satisfied. He doesn't feel if he's fulfilled. not the of attention. Right. And that's yeah. not even just the center. he He needs these things as markers that. He's valid or he's worthy. It's the same thing with the high-end sneaker people where he's just like, no, 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 no. I can drop a regular clear, but it has to be Louie. It has to be Fendi, because these are the best. And it, you know, these are the only things that are gonna validate me as a person. So it's like, this is all in line with all of the dumb shit he's been doing. We just didn't recognize it as such when he first started it, you know? So yo, Tinsley,
2: yo, thanks, thanks for uh thanks for joining us, man. I know you gotta run. Uh really quick, I know you said you watched one episode of Watchmen um, uh, we're going to talk about it probably on overflow, but did you know that this, how black this show was before you watched it?
3: No, I didn't. I just, I was, you know, like so many other things I found out about it through, uh, social media. I started reading up one and I was like, all right, let me check this out. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I kind of, I kind of see now. So once I get back from like this event I got to go to for work, I'm, I'm going to try to watch a couple of episodes before I pass out tonight. So hopefully next time y'all have me back on here, we can really have a discussion about it.
2: Definitely. Thanks a lot, Justin. That's going to do it for the the regular free hour of uh, Black Opinions Matter. But as I just teased a second ago, me, Trey, Rob Lopez, we're going to break down Watchmen. This is going to be our new show that we're going to be watching, everybody, on the overflow. If you're not a Patreon, so go ahead and subscribe. Um, and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into power, the season finale or mid whatever the fuck you want to call that piece of shit that happened on Sunday. We're going to talk about that as well. Let's go ahead. Head over to the Patreon. We're going to talk Watchmen and Power.